you know, both feet into it, would you? Or knowing, you know, you have a good job, would you give up the good job to go? I don't think I would give it up fully. Like, I think what I would do is I would lower my caseload. Because, like, since I work in a private practice, I can control how many clients I see. I would probably lower my caseload, but I wouldn't want to, like, lose my skills. So I would always maintain a few clients. Um, I think what scares me about streaming, and I think this, you know, might be something that can be tough for a lot of streamers too, is the idea of like, it just seems volatile. Like, I don't know if like, there's no real security. Um, if you get sick of the game you're playing, it's like, do I just force myself to keep playing this game? Cause I know people will come. So I think it has, I think we, I think viewers of Twitch glorify what it is to be a streamer. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators that come on, share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today I've... Don Tony. Welcome. Welcome. How's it going? Pretty good. Yourself? Doing well. Doing well. What we do is uh, we start things off with three random questions to get the, the juices flowing. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Up? So as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? So first, it was a professional wrestler, like, like not like Olympic... Yes. Or Greco-Roman, but like I wanted to be like WCW kind of thing. Okay. And as you can tell, I don't have the body for it. It didn't really pan out. Um, and then high school, so I played drums in a punk rock band. So yep. then for a while, I wanted to just be a musician. Uh, and then my dad was like, no, you're going to college. And then I was like, all right, fine. And then while I was in college, um, I took a couple psychology classes. Yeah. And then that's where I'm at now. But all I would right. say... This, to be serious, it was a musician. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm guessing you were probably a kid of the 90s when you said WCW? Yeah, I, I was born in 87. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you like the whole when Hulk Hogan was the bad guy and... NWO yeah. and like, yeah. Okay. I like Sting. That's who I yep. was a fan of was Sting. Yeah. yeah. And Rey Mysterio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little older. I grew up with the 80s. Andre the Giant, you know, when, when it was just, you know, the, the first WrestleMania and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. All right. So favorite thing about where you live? Um, I love the seclusion and the like the beauty. So like, yeah. um, although I'm like adjacent to the DC metro area, I live on top of the mountain. So yeah. like every morning I go on my front porch, I just have a clear view, you know, just wilderness. Um, nice. I, I'm, I, although I help people professionally, I'm a little bit of like a recluse a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. I'd like to, you know, if I want to pee off my back porch, yep. I can do it. Yeah, nice. like that kind of thing. So that's yep. what I like most about it. All right. So now if you didn't take this path down to be a mental health professional and you were able to play in one particular band, what band would that be? Oh, man, that's a good one. So like, okay, so 17, 18 year old Don Tony would have probably said no effects, probably. Um I liked a lot of that kind of like skate punk kind of stuff. So like no effects, rancid, Pennywise. Um, one of my all time favorite bands is lesser known, but kid dynamite. Okay. I like them a lot. Um, nowadays I listen to a lot more metal and stuff like that, but back then it was all just that really fast, just really fast kind of punk stuff. So it did. That's actually how I first heard the Misfits. There was like one of the skate, maybe it was Welcome to Hell. They had London Dungeon, that song. I remember being like, this is really cool. And then I, yeah. I was, I was. I stopped skating when I really got serious into drumming because I was afraid I was going to hurt my ankles or wrists because I wasn't very good. And I 
took a lot. I ate a lot of, you know, asphalt and fell a lot. So, yeah, but I did skate a little bit. All right. So where, where did video games start with you? When do you remember I've playing? I've been playing games. So the first game I ever played was Mario Duck Hunt on the NES. Um, I have an older brother who's like three years older than me. So he got an NES. Oh, they gave us an NES, I guess. So whatever age, that would have been like five or six, maybe. Um, and then I played... We had an NES. A super, I'm going to sound really spoiled here. An NES. We ended up getting a Super NES. We had a Sega Genesis, a Dreamcast, a 64. I think I had an Xbox at one point. Um, and then like the PlayStation 3 and stuff like that. I actually didn't get into PC gaming until the past like five years. Okay. Now, what were some of the favorite games growing up? So, I mean, the one, I guess, that I played the most. So, well, I guess, what do you mean by growing up? Are we I talking guess like the, con- the later later console years, and then we'll, you know, as you okay. jump to the PC side of things. Yeah. So, I liked a lot of, I mean, I remember GoldenEye, we played a lot on the 64. A lot of GoldenEye. I remember Halo 2 was really big back in the day. Um, I used to love all the Mario games. So, I mean, I played a bunch of, you know, like Mario 64 and then all the earlier ones like Super Mario 1, 2, and 3. Um, and then the game I probably played the most in my entire life is World of Warcraft. And I actually have a World of Warcraft tattoo. Um, so I started playing that on a Mac, which I know all the PC gamers are going <laughs> to clutch their pearls. Yeah, I gamed on a Mac because you could play Blizzard games on Macintosh. So yep. I played... Um, and I guess we had a we had like an old Windows ninety five PC, so I did play some games like Daggerfall and yeah. Diablo back on that one. But um, WoW is the one I played the most probably. Yeah. Like to date, I mean, I played WoW like it was my job from vanilla through Cataclysm, <laughs> and then I stopped because I was graduated college. Was like, well, I need to actually work now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would say like my top three most played games in my life would be World of Warcraft, Rainbow Six Siege, and then Tarkov. Okay. Probably. And now, you know, from a nostalgia aspect of things, are you going to go see the Mario movie? I I haven't been to a movie in like seven or eight years. I'll oh. probably watch it. I don't know if I'm going to go out yeah. to see it though. Yeah. I don't like, I can't, as you can tell, I can't sit still. So like <laughs> sitting in a movie theater for me is really tough. Um, I had the bladder the size of a walnut, so I got to piss like every hour. So movie theaters just aren't designed for me, but yeah. I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man. And now from a you know PC standpoint, you know, what's, you know, WoW is the one that stuck out the most, or has Tarkov taken that trophy? Um, I mean, I would say WoW was more, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, more fun in the grand sense. I do love Tarkov, yeah. but uh, I think WoW is more fun overall, less stressful. And I definitely have a lot more hours in WoW. I mean, I probably have like 10,000 hours in WoW Holy or crap. something stupid. Wow. Like I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic when I said for like six years, I played it probably like eight hours a day, yeah. seven days a week. Oh, yeah. shoot. Wow. And yeah. I have about 2,000 in Tarkov. Yeah. yeah. And now what was your path to Tarkov? How did you find that one? So when I first started streaming, it was solely Rainbow Six Siege. Like, that's yeah. all I played. Um, I played it on console, and then when I switched to PC, I actually got a gaming PC to play Siege on PC. Okay. Um, I was really into Rainbow Six Siege, and then that community started getting really toxic and rough. The game was in a really bad state. And one of my buddies who I met through Siege was like, have you ever heard of this game called Tarkov? And I was like, no, I haven't. And then he was just encouraged me to get it. And then I, the first day I played, I was like, this game is the worst game I've ever played, man. I can't hit anything. 
I did all the rookie mistakes of bringing like a you know uh the wrong ammo for i was like it's an ak i'll bring in 762 but it doesn't work for that one i made like all those mistakes and i was like this game is terrible and then the next day i woke up and i was like all right we'll try it again and then i got hooked i mean it just it, it got me by the balls that first week yeah. um and then i fell in love with it but so that's that's technically how i got i just tr- traded siege for tarkov yeah. yeah and i've heard so many people talk about the toxicity of siege what oh, like, it's terrible what happened so it's it's actually what I'm afraid. There's some parallels to the Tarkov community that I see a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's a mix of sweaty, sweaty, you know, sweat lords versus the casual community. Yeah. Constantly arguing. Um, the basic kind of like online bullying kind of stuff you see. Yeah. Um, Twitter's just the the siege Twitter. It's either someone gives constructive criticism this is where the tarkov comes in someone gives constructive feedback about the game because they love it and then half the community's like fuck you this game is perfect and the other half is like i love this game so we're trying to help it by pointing out some errors right and then lots of infighting um lots of gamer words yeah you know the community also had a really bad um how do i word this lightly a really bad grooming problem yeah so like multiple high in the community, multiple high up people were found to have been like grooming minors or like oh, assaulting Lord. people at like conventions. Oh and it's just like lots of like bad stuff like that. And wow. which is sad because the game's actually in about the best place it's ever been. Their anti-cheese seems to be working well. Yeah. Oh, cheaters. That's the other thing. You get that with all online games right. now, but oh yeah. shoot. I was curious um, why why it had I wasn't sure if it was just because of an age thing or but it sounded like, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of things. Well, and what initially I loved about... I just broke my hat. What? This thing popped off. The hell? Anyway, oh, no. um, there's a little button on the top. <laughs> hey, this is really bad for podcasting. But anyway, um, so, like, we had... um, The one thing that drew me also to Tarkov was, like, there's no group chat. Like, you know, in Siege, you had, like, the chat at the bottom. It's like, I don't yeah. have to deal with any idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, And then VoIP came in, which I actually like. I think VoIP was one of the best things that happened to Tarkov. Oh, totally. But, yeah. Yeah. And what what is the hook that Tarkov has on you or had on you? I would say it's more of a had, unfortunately. Yeah. Um I still love I still am in love with what Tarkov can be, but I've kind of fallen out of the immediate. Um I think like the complexity, which is what I loved about Siege, was the the reason Siege to me is a great was a great shooter, is a great shooter, is the complexity of like map knowledge and mechanics you have to learn. Like in Siege, you'll be attacking a spot and there's a million ways you can attack it kind of thing. So like, it's all about learning different. If I blow a hole in this third floor and then a hole here, I can get an angle down to the garage and do different cool things like that. And then Tarkov just had a huge depth of knowledge required. It wasn't just you bring your gun in and you click the heads. There's all sorts of different map knowledge. You know, you had to memorize all these different, which ammo is better um i just saw a game that i could really sink my teeth in in the sense that there's so much to learn here and now over time where when did tarkov lose you or lose that you know that special place i think it was two wipes ago yeah so the last wipe i remember really loving and enjoying was when voip came out like that was probably my favorite wipe ever and so i played how many wipes have i played now so i first started playing tarkov like a this isn't going to help you. But a month before I was on the forehead fable. So I think yep. that was like three years. So okay. I think, I think this would be my sixth wipe. Maybe if that adds up. 
something like that so yeah. like every wipe i after starting with the voip wipe after that i played less and less every wipe so yeah. i used to always get max traders and then the wipe after a voip i i think i hit like level i don't know maybe 40 and then yeah. this wipe i'm at i'm still at like 22 or something like i barely touched it yeah and i don't know if it's I got tired of doing the same, same thing. Yeah. I got tired of marking the same container five times for three different people yeah. on shoreline, or I got tired of eating a jar of mayonnaise while sitting in a bush. I mean, I don't know exactly, you know, the cheater problem, it, it's frustrating. Yeah. Like one thing I've always said, I wish Tarkov had, and I've actually been told I am a scrub and a bad player because of this. I wish it had a hunt showdown style kill cam Yeah. that after the raid, you at least saw a line of sight to where you died from. Yeah. Like when your whole party's dead or out of right. the raid, you could get a straight shot of like, that's where the person was who killed me. Yep. I agree with that. You know? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, it could be like, you know, a half hour later you get an E like a, yeah. a text and it's just, maybe it's just a diagram of a map. Here's where you got your kills and here's where you got killed. And that's it. The, yeah. That's all I'm wanting. Cause right now, because the cheater problem is so bad, if you die in any sort of way, that's not an obvious, I whiffed my shots and lost the gunfight. There's yeah. always that question of, was the person cheating? Yeah. You know, which is exhausting for me. It, like, it's, it's just kind of... It's the worst part of the game is, is, you know, you've got thousands of hours in, and I've been playing a long time. I know a suspicious death versus, okay, I made a mistake or desync. And it just, yeah, it's it really takes the winds out of your sail when you just, like, a 40-minute ride or you're... And it's just, like three of your guys get head eyes within a second. It's like, yeah, that's just not right. Especially when there's so much downtime in between. So mm -hmm. like you'll spend, you know, five to 10 minutes getting your kit ready, yeah. you know, which is nice for streaming. I right. mean, Tarkov is a great streaming game because that gives you time to talk to chat and just engage. Yeah. Then you're going to sit in the queue for, I heard it's better now, but like at the worst, it was like five minutes. You may be sitting in the queue waiting. And then if you die within 10 seconds or a minute, you're like, well, okay. Yeah. Back to another 15 minutes of uh, turtling my thumbs. Yeah. Yeah. Last summer was, I think the, probably the lowest point I've seen Tarkov, how quickly the, you know, after the patch, the, after the wipe, and then you see so many content creators, it was good and bad. It made the content creators branch out and try other games, which I think is a really good thing for anybody who's trying to do content creation. I agree completely. Yeah, it's I've actually so like, like I said earlier, starting out streaming, it was always um, Rainbow Six Siege was like yeah. the main. That's all I did. That's like literally it. And then I learned a lesson from Siege, switching to when I switched to Tarkov. And then I kind of made the same mistake and I've decided to switch course. But like maining one game is so tough on a streamer because yeah. the moment you stop playing it, your audience is going to drop dramatically. I mean, I'm not a huge streamer, but like on Siege, I had about the same size I am now. Yeah. And then switching Siege, I lost like 99% of them. Oh, There's wow. like one or two people who still come. Everyone else is like, you're not playing Siege anymore. Yeah. And then Tarkov, I saw a similar thing was when I finally had enough of Tarkov. And I was like, I'm going to start doing more variety. Yeah. It didn't drop as bad, but like 50% now. Yeah. Left. So it's kind of one of those things where I'm trying not to get pigeonholed anymore. Yeah. Because it's so volatile. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it yeah. seemed healthy and going strong. And then year five hit and then it just all fell apart. Yeah. And you'd hate to build your whole community off of this one game. And now, even if it's, if it's at a low point, you've got to put the smile on because nobody wants to see somebody miserable playing a game either. You know, these days, what are you playing? I, you know, I saw the, I don't know, it was last night or the other night, I was, I popped on your stream and you're like, what? I got to find something to play. It's tough. It's been really tough. Like it feels, 
And I don't know if it's because I'm picky as hell with what games I want to play, but yeah. it feels like there's a gaming drought right now. So I've been alternating between doing a little bit of Hunt Showdown, which yeah. I love that game. That game's awesome. Um, I went on this weird kick of like random really bad simulator games. So yeah. I played like Contraband Police, <laughs> Thief Simulator, Drug Dealer Simulator. Um, I actually just started playing, I'm going to stream this tomorrow, um, Meet Your Maker. Oh, okay, yeah. That game is interesting. I don't know if it's going to have long-term yeah. longevity or not, but like, it's interesting. Have you seen that? I, I No, I just read a review about it the other day, and it sounded like it has some potential. Yeah, I don't know, like, you know, a year from now if anyone's going to give a crap about it. But um, it definitely is fun. I mean, you go in, so there's two parts of the game. One part is you build, like, a labyrinth. Yeah. And the other part is you raid other people's labyrinths. Ah, okay. So it's kind of fun. I mean, it's a bit of, like, mazes or traps that you have yeah. to, like, navigate. And then when you get to their center, there's, like, an item. You have to take them, and you have to leave their base. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's fun. So do you um, have, like, a window, like, a timer where you got to set up your things, and then sort of that timer hits, and now everybody... Yeah, sort of. So that's what kind of sucks about it. It's not live like that. So like you build your thing and then I guess you save it and then people can raid it as they do. And then what you it's not open world. So you're in like a little hub and you go to the map and you pick which one you want to raid and then it just teleports you there. Yeah, I wish it was more of an, like a rust open world kind of thing. Oh, rust is a game I got into the past year also. Yeah. But now, did you get sucked over to Daisy at all? I dude, I'm having the hardest time getting into Daisy because I feel like I would love Daisy, but I, I it's so I played it, I I streamed it twice, and then the first time I had no clue what I was doing, and it it showed right, like it was really bad. The second time I got a group of viewers that played the game, like all right, we're gonna play together, and then we're we spent the first three hours trying to find each other because we kept dying and like trying to get there, and then we finally met up like the last hour. I don't even remember what happened. I think we like one of the guys died, so we ate him. And then that was it. And I was just like, this is, but then I'll watch someone like Sir Decky, who I mod for. I watched him play Daisy. I'm like, this is the coolest, you know, this game is awesome. Um, but I haven't gotten into it yet. Yeah. I see it's Tarkov ruined so many games or not ruined, but for a while there, many years, I just, nothing scratched that itch. So it, you know, Daisy was one that sat in my, my steam library for years. And last summer I played it, you know, for the first time and it was, it got, you know, it hooked me in. And then just the, uh, few weeks ago, I jumped back into it and I had a crazy experience last night. I was up in the Northern part and you hear gunshots and you're on a map with like a hundred people. And it's like, you don't know where gunshots are coming from or anything like that. And I'm, I'm up in a, a water tower, just sort of scoping things out and three chads walk below me. I've got nothing. And, that got their heart pumping. It's like, okay, so that's that's the thing about Daisy is is you know that's what gets that you know pucker moment. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot of it and it looks yeah. super fun. Um, I just I also finding the right server is the issue I have with yes. Rust. Also, is that like I feel like finding the right server is the is the key. I did yeah. play Daisy another time, and the server was everyone was was like kill on site. No one yeah. was willing to like do VoIP interactions. And it was just kind of like, yeah, eh, you're right. You, though. you, you got to find the right server, whether it's, you know, high PVP or high loot. And yeah, that, that nice balance. Yeah. And now what about Marauders? Did that, you know, that strike a, you know, a strike an itch for you or did it? I love out? Marauders. Yeah, I actually, um, yeah. Oh, cool. I, lo I love Marauders. It's, um, I hope it succeeds. Yeah. It's, I feel like 
I, I, I don't know if I want to step on. I mean, it, I don't work with them anyway, so it's fine. I, I love the game. They need a lesson in PR and like, and like, yeah, they need a, uh, they need a lesson in PR. I mean, they had a great opportunity to really bring streamers on, you know, partner them like Hunt Showdown has a great, is a great model for that. They work really well with the community and streamers. Um, to my knowledge, Marauders hasn't done that whatsoever. Like not at all. I mean, I know that they do the the developer queue like developer streams, um, which is great for like getting their name out there, but keeping people loyal. Like I know a couple really great streamers who main still to this day will main Marauders. Their YouTube channel's full of it, and they can't get any attention from the devs. They don't get any like, yeah, it's. But the game's awesome. Like yeah. I love it. I, I really hope it succeeds. It it they had that chance for lightning in a bottle, I think, because Tarkov hit a low and it seemed like they had all the streamers on board and they were playing it. And you know, it's I love the spaceship combat uh, the the concept of it. I think that has a, a such a cool aspect to that game. Agreed. Yeah, it's um you know I love the looting and the shooting. The space combat's a great idea. It feels clunky. Like, yeah. I don't know, if, not to quote Dr. Disrespect, but it doesn't feel very athletic. Yeah. Like, no violence beat momentum. Right, it's yeah. very slow, <laughs> and you kind of go around, and, you know, it's like throwing, like, you know, <laughs> balloons at the ship. You have to, like, really throw away in advance to right. get it to finally come over and hit them. Yeah. But the gunplay feels great. The looting is fun. The maps are good. Yeah. I love the aesthetic, like, that, like, Steam, Steampunky, yeah. World War II. I mean, it's. I, I do love the game. Um, whenever the next patch comes out, I'm sure I'll go back and play it more. Nice. But it's falling hard. Like on Steam, there's yeah. like 60 view or on Twitch, like 60 viewers. Yeah, it it it, yeah. it had such momentum, and then like yeah, it's like you don't even hear about it anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's sad. I really, I mean, I want to see it succeed. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. So now what you know, you started streaming with uh Siege. What made you hit the go live button to begin with? So it's kind of lame. So to start with, it was literally just a way to record clips to send to my friends who played Siege. Um and like honestly, like my Twitter, if you scroll all the way back like years and years, it's just gonna be like nothing but just like clips of Siege that I would then just send to my friends. Um and then I started to kind of enjoy it. So I was like, why not give it a try? Um, and then, yeah. And then I had a stent there where I was like, I'm going to try to actually do something with this. And then I was like, now nah, this is better for me as a hobby. Um, and now I'm kind of 50-50. Like if I could do half of my career as that, that'd be cool. But I'm enjoying the hobby aspect. I've met great people. I enjoy it. It's fun. That's um, That was going to be a question. Mike. Like if you had a chance to go full you know, both feed into it. Would you, or knowing, you know, you have a good job, would you give up the good job to go? I don't think I would give it up fully. Like, I think what I would do is I would lower my caseload. Cause like, since I work at a private practice, I can control how many clients I see. I would probably lower my caseload, but I wouldn't want to like lose my skills. So I would always maintain a few clients. Um, I think what scares me about streaming, and I think this, you know, might be, something that can be tough for a lot of streamers too, is the idea of like, it just seems volatile. Like, I don't know if like, there's no real security. Um, if you get sick of the game you're playing, it's like, do I just force myself to keep playing this game? Cause I know people will come. So I think it has, I think we, I think viewers of Twitch glorify what it is to be a streamer. Like I know some streamers will, will probably say they wouldn't change anything and they love it. 
but I've seen a lot of streamers get really stressed out and end up leaving after a few years. Yeah. You know, and that's got to be hard, too, because if you'd spend five years or three years trying to do this and then now to work back into that normal workspace or whatever career you left to, you know, to try streaming. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I do think that, like, I think that has some benefits. So I think for someone who's working a really boring like nine to five job. I yeah. think they would see streaming as a potential to really make your own hours, do something that you love. Right. But I also think people don't realize how, like how much work is on the back end. It's not just, I get to go play video games and talk to people. Like, right. you know, unless you're big enough to where you can have a whole team behind you, yeah. like, you know, who can do all your editing, but even those people had to start out the same way as everyone else where, yeah you spend probably 30% live and then 70% editing videos, posting tweets, yeah, networking with people, um, you know, and it's, it's a lot, I think it's a lot more work, you know, get eight hours of a VOD and try to make a 10 minute video out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think people realize how much work it really is. And, and they and don't I hate video editing. I hate it. <laughs> well, I and hate then, it. And then add in the other things that, you know, a lot of the content creators don't have, they don't have vacation days. They don't have sick days. You know, they don't have a 401k, you know, if you have a family, that's, you know, those are all mm -hmm. tough things that you don't have when you jump into that realm. Absolutely. And I think people also don't realize how isolating it can be also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're working like obviously you're going to have buddies that you end up meeting and collaborating with. Right. But I mean, it's a really like I don't want to say it's a solo job, but it kind of is. I mean, you're really one person at a computer with a webcam yeah, or no webcam. I mean, not everyone uses them, but right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's lots of downsides to it. I think you really have to be passionate yeah. about entertaining yeah. Um, and it's not just so much I'm going to get paid to play video games, which is what I think a lot of people think it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, if you think about, you know, if you're maining one game and if you're a solo sort of person, you're not really doing gaming with other people, you're sitting eight to 10 hours talking to your screen. You're not having any human human interaction. And I have to think over time that has a, an effect on people. I would think so. I mean, and we've seen that. I mean, you know, I, it's. So there's definitely, and I, I like I, we were saying before we started recording, I don't have the names, but we have seen over the past few years really big content creators, you know, end it all um, for various reasons. And I think a lot of it, you know, there's pressures, the metrics. I mean, you can every day if you want. So I used to stream with the view count on, and I very quickly learned that that's the dumbest thing I could ever do. Because you, if you, like, see the numbers, you then start to reflect, like, well, crap, the numbers are lower today. What did I do wrong? Or if you're watching it, in vivo in the moment you'll be like did i just say something because someone just left and you know what i mean like it's just yeah and like so you have like that immediate feedback every day of is this better than yesterday or is it not yeah which i think is tough for some people yeah or if you have any anxiety or depression mixed into that and you're going to give this a try and now you've got you know in a normal workplace you're not going to have random people come in into your office and go off on you say whatever the stupid <laughs> shit they're going to say and now here you are you're throwing yourself out there and anybody with the keyboards coming in there and acting like an ass oh absolutely and they will yeah yeah <laughs> and they definitely will um you know there's that there's also you know i mean i think like you said earlier so there's no vacation days there's no you know benefits if you don't go if you're not like producing content and going live you're not going to get paid also it's the one job that you may not get paid anyway like unless you're like when you're like an affiliate the amount of hours you're putting in without any real 
monetary like payoff it's a lot i mean i could not live off my twitch earnings now my twitch earnings has supported the actual hardware like i've i always did the thing where after the initial pc any money i got from twitch went back into stuff like upgrading equipment you know things like that but i think people don't realize how many years it takes and how many hours of like unpaid like labor um even the subathon I did, which I was scared to do, but it turned out well, the hourly rate on that subathon money was still less than if I actually worked. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I took off like three days to do it. I, you know, I got paid when sleeping, but still, I mean, it was, you know, the hourly rate is still not what my hourly rate would be for. Exactly. My job. And I, I don't, you know, if people don't think about that, you know, it's like, oh yeah, to, you know, to get anywhere near what your, 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 your other job is, what you have to, you know, put in to get out it's just it's doesn't compare i always tell people a good analogy and i don't know statistically if it is or not but it's the idea it's almost like going to the nba or like or the nfl it's yeah. like most people don't make it yeah you know i mean yeah. like and then we'll see people like pestily who's wildly successful yeah which is a draw right because you're like shit man i i could do that that's awesome right but i don't think people realize probably the amount of time and effort pestily has put into this the amount of years he's yeah. put into this you know and getting in at the right time too that's a huge aspect right now post-covid everybody you know the technology is there anybody can do it mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and they do it's it's very oversaturated as well yeah yeah, that being said, I love streaming. If you want to stream, you should give it a shot. But <laughs> well, that's the thing. You'd be like, it's the worst decision you could ever make. You'll be depressed. Yeah. Or no, um, go if you want to try. Go. You got nothing to lose. You know what? What's the worst that's going to happen? Nobody's going to see you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you gotta get used to that too. Like my first, I don't know how many months of streaming. It was me, Nightbot, and my wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then the occasional person would be like, "You want to get famous?" Yeah. <laughs> bigfollows.com and it's like i ah, get the hell out of here but yeah i mean it's really like I, the best advice i would give to someone that i had before is take it as a hobby don't go into this thinking this is your full-time career yeah until it can be yeah. and then go for it obviously but like I, I i think for my own mental health it helped a lot viewing this as i'd be playing video games anyway right so i'm gonna go live a few days a week yeah, you know, and then try to edit some videos and yeah. just have fun. I mean, and now since you hit that go live button, what have been some of the good memories that you've you know you've gotten out of this? So I mean, I've met some really cool people. Like I would never have met if I did not stream. Um, you know, a lot of it, like prior to Tarkov and Forehead Fables and General Sam and all that. I met some great people through Siege. Like, I have a friend, Crisis. I actually know him in real life now because we discovered that we only live a couple hours from each <laughs> no other. Way. So, you know, I made a friend there. Um, and then after being on the Forehead Fables with General Sam, that opened my eyes up to a whole bunch of people that I would have never got. Like, Aqua, I got to know him. You know, um, I consider him a friend. Uh, King's Entourage, like, I definitely consider him a friend. You know, and then through just people discovering me through that, I've met there's some people in my community that I genuinely actually consider friends, not the parasocial, like you come watch me and I know you're like Twitch name. It's like, you know, I have a friend in Australia that, um, a really nice guy that I'm kind of trying to mentor a bit. He's a great person, uh, a friend from the Netherlands who actually send, has sent me like care packages and I'm sending them one soon. So like, it's, you know, I, I think like I've met some awesome people because as an adult, it's hard to make friends, especially with the same interests, you know, I don't like to shit where I eat. So like, I don't make friends at work. 
Um, I don't go to church. So it's kind of one of those things like, where do you meet, you know, where do you meet people? So I, I've met some great people. Um, you know, there's been some big highs, like that first big raid from Aqua was like, oh my God, <laughs> I actually, you know, going from like 10 people watching me up to like, you know, whatever number it was, I don't even remember. But regardless, it's, you know, there's definitely been some fun moments. Um, but really it's been meeting cool people yeah. that like I, I genuinely consider you know i may not have met them in person yet but i do yeah. consider them friends cool yeah yeah so two things out of that that segment we um the aspect of being rated going from x to triple x nothing really prepares to prepares you for somebody bringing their mansion house party to your you know one bedroom apartment yeah no it's it's wild and it gives you a good perspective because i never obviously i've never had that many viewers i've never seen my chat flowing that fast yeah so and it gives you a good perspective of like well why didn't the streamer respond to me and it's like because he got two thousand people constantly right. just talking like he can't <laughs> there's no way he could I, I messaged him later that night and i was like there's no way you can read your chat how do you right. do this And he's like i don't and i was like yeah you don't <laughs> like you occasionally will catch like a sentence and then you'll comment on that but you're missing 99 percent. i think general sam once told me or maybe he was saying this to poob and my pre i don't remember who the president but the idea of savor those moments when you're at the like you know 25 to yeah. a couple hundred because it's not it's not gonna be the same afterwards like yeah. after that it's much more the your show yeah and people are just watching you as opposed to like you're engaging with people back and forth because yeah. like once you get past a certain threshold unless you turn slow mode on which everyone hates you're not going to really be able to right engage with yeah. them yeah and now you made a good point about you know as an adult trying to make new friends and i just last week i dropped the ammunition pod where she was on and um we were talking about she made an appearance on the healthy game i think it's healthy gamer with dr k talking about her you know it was it was really amazing it was almost like a therapy session that she had i don't know if you saw it but i didn't see it. i know who he is but i haven't seen yeah so ann popped on and and basically it was like a private therapy session of her answering questions and from him and diagnosing this whole you know fake friends real friends and it was yeah but you're so right as an adult it's you know it's tough to make friends it really is. I mean, because like most people, you'll make friends if you're a part of some sort. Like when you're younger and in college or high school, it's easier because you're all doing the same thing. You're thrust in this environment. When you're an adult, you know, whether you're married or not or whatever, I mean, it's pretty much you can go to bars. You can maybe meet random people. They may be a serial killer, but, you know, you don't know. If you're religious, you can meet people in church. Or you can meet people at work, and that's really unless, unless you, have, you kids. have some activity or kids, kids is a good way and, too. Yeah, you know, you you become friends with your kids, uh, you know, best friends, parents, and things yeah, like and just that. Yeah, they're but, not a jerk. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You could try to make friends with neighbors, which we did. So yeah. we moved, and we finally long story but anyway we, we met our neighbors and we were like one of them and so we became friends with them and the guy turned out to be a real piece of work oh god so now it's like well great i don't want now i know that guy lives right over there shit you know like <laughs> yeah um so it's just it, it can be odd so you know like at this point in my life all my friends we've all scattered so i got like like my longest childhood friend i'm still best friends with him but he lives in georgia so i see him rarely you know i got friends in seattle so it's one of those things where it's like you know, and don't really have anyone in person besides I'm luckily I'm happily married and she's yeah. amazing. So I spent time with her, but yeah, I mean, so it's who you game with people, nowadays. It is. And that's all I'm about to say. The people who I consider close, like not as close as obviously my best friend, but right. like right up there would be 
the people I game with. Yeah. yeah Cause it's, it's just a weird dynamic. You know, years ago it'd be like, all right, I'm going out to the bar with my buds and we're going to shoot pool or play darts or whatever. But now it's like, you know what? I'm comfortable at home. I'm playing with the boys a few nights, you know, a few hours every night. And it's just, that's, that's your relationships these days. Yeah. Which I think also can be another problem for streamers as well. The idea of like the lack of social contact. I mean, yeah. we are a social and there is something to be said about face to face, you know, contact yep. with people, um, especially a job that encourages you to like, you know, stream four or five hours and then you're going to do like 10 to 12 hours of video editing and then do it all again the next day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Another reason not to stream everyone. Don't stream. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> well, that's why I had Devil Dog Gamer on and, and, you know, I said, what do you what advice do you have somebody who's about to hit the go live button? He goes, don't. <laughs> It's like, I mean, it's some solid advice. It you know? is, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's if you yeah, have a healthy mind, yes. But if you have, like he said, if you have any of this, any anxiety, don't because it's not yeah. going to help. And I was like, he's he's got a point. I saw one person who, and I think they disappeared. I think they gave up on this stuff. Not disappeared. They're still alive and well, I'm sure. But um, it was a guy who I uh, used to play siege with on the periphery like i knew him just occasionally because of the whole siege community and then he switched to valorant he was in high school his parents allowed him to drop out of high school to go full-time content creator and he was my size and i was like there, you there's no way you're gonna oh be able God. to do it and then he's disappeared he's yeah not, yeah like, he made it about a year yeah and then his parents were probably like your ass is going back to high school which is good <laughs> that's what he should do like right but i just remember being like how in the world, as a parent, would you be like, yeah, you got a good average 10 viewers. That's awesome. You should drop out of high school and do this full time. You oh know, my God, well, that's, those you are get... parents who have no concept of what kind of money that, you know, you make with five viewers or 10 viewers. Yeah. yeah. Or they're independently wealthy and they don't really care. I mean, right. I don't know what his financial or his parents financial. I mean, maybe his parents are loaded and it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're going to be fine anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, and... It's good for him if that's the case. But... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So now, Forehead Fable. So now, how did you get, you know, I think I saw the episode where, did they, were they looking for somebody in mental health, like, a, you know, to come in and just sit in and, and do a session? Yeah, so it's really random. So I had no clue who General Sam was before the Forehead Fables yeah. or any, or Aqua or any, that whole, like, universe of people. I had no clue yeah. who they were because I was still very much into Siege. I think I just played, like, a week or two of Tarkov. Yeah. And one of my viewers who who also like General Sam um, watched one of their pre previous episodes joking about getting a therapist on. Yeah. And he just DM'd Sam and said, hey, I actually know a therapist who streams. He'd be perfect. So then Sam added me on Twitter and was like, if you really are a therapist, come on my podcast. So then I was like, yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, and then he messaged me and I agreed. Yeah. And then I watched one of his episodes and I was like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? You know, I was like, well, I was like, this is going to ruin my career. Cause the episode was like, this boy got the tism and the whole episode is trying to convince Pooh that he has autism. Right. And I was just like, I was like, I'm not going to recover from this. So I talked to Sam and I was like, I'm really terrified about this. And he's like, it's not live. We can edit it. It'll yeah. be okay. Um, and I'm glad I did it honestly. Good. And you know, I will say, I, to this day, believe that the General Sam character is not the General Sam on his day-to-day. -day. And he may hate me for saying that. I'm sorry, Sam. But I, I, he's been nothing but kind to me. That's, like, honestly, he's been nothing but kind. Dude, I was shitting bricks when he said he'd come <laughs> on the pod. I'm like, oh, my God. He's he's just, you know, because I heard him say on one of his podcasts, yeah, we're going to, I'll go on to somebody's pod and I'll just take it sideways. And it's like, oh, God. 
I the no, whole he's a nice dude. he yeah. was super awesome, dude. You know, it yeah, was just yeah. yeah, and just yeah, I, I'm I totally is like he's yeah. I have nothing but great things to say about him, man. He was a super nice guy, just setting things up, and on the pod, it was a great conversation. Yeah, and then like after that, that's how I then got to meet Aqua and stuff. Yeah. I guess because he was like, oh, I watched that episode, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I was back on another time. Um, he's just fun. I yeah. enjoy it. I would go on again. I mean, he it's definitely fun. Yeah. Yeah. And now you also say you mod for Serdeki as well. I do. Now, how yes. did that? And that was. <laughs> um. So I've been watching Decky for a while, and I'm trying to remember. I don't remember if I modded first and then I got to be on their podcast. I don't remember the order. So I, I've yeah. been on their podcast, The Gamer Hole, a few times. Yeah. I don't remember like the order, but either way. Decky does this thing where every year he rates the mods, and if you didn't do a good enough job, you're out, and there's new mods in. Yeah. And there's a tradition of you have to win a Ponch tournament to become one of his mods. Okay. You, are you familiar with the game Ponch? No. So it's this um, really bad game. It's on Steam. You're a big sumo wrestler, and you throw rocks at each other. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I, I first got, like the semifinals and then i got like brought back for some reason because there was like a tie or i don't remember exactly but anyway i won i won i got second place in the punch tournament yeah. so i became one of the mods yeah oh my god that's too funny and now he's yeah. he's off traveling the world with pest right he is yeah they're climbing like all the biggest mountains in europe yeah right now i just saw a video yeah, so today he's gone for like months at a time yeah he'll be gone for like a couple months and he'll be back home for like a month to stream and then gone again yeah, yeah that's crazy holy crap yeah pest was it's fitting for decky decky is quite the he'd be good for this podcast he's quite the character okay. you, you, would, you would enjoy talking to decky he is um a very interesting individual. I, th so I think that. I think Sam <laughs> called him out when he was on the pod that I should, you know, have him on. Yeah, definitely sounded like a, an interesting character. But like with Pest and the the Pest was saying, you know, the one guy is he doesn't even stream or play video games, and he's like an athletic hiking guy, so which is good. And then he's got his neighbor Michael, who is, you know, who was his neighbor. And, and, and the athletic guy's also Canadian, isn't he? Yes, is he, he is. Yeah, no, he's a Canadian yeah, okay. too. He had no idea who yeah. Pest was. It was like wow. That, that's a whole dynamic there. You got four strangers, you're backpacking, hiking, pushing yourself to the limits. You know, you're strangers. I'm sure they got very friendly very quickly. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they're probably not strangers <laughs> anymore, but but and yeah. for Decky, like it's a this is like a big Decky likes to like push himself, basically. Yeah. It's like that's like his whole stick is he likes to really push himself to the limits. I mean, with Marauders, did you see his Marathon? Where he was like in a uh, he built a ship or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and during it, he had like incentives where one of them was they could pick what food he ate. So they ordered him um, <laughs> oh cow eye tacos because he lives in Mexico City. <laughs> yeah. So they ordered him cow eye tacos and they were like raw and he got food poisoning like the first day of his subathon. So he had to like stay in the box for and it lasted like a week or something. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he's just an interesting guy. He like his food is very limited. Yeah, what he'll eat, it's very peculiar. Um, so this whole thing is basically just him being thrown out of his comfort zone. Oh yeah, and it's it's great to see it. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were talking. I was talking to some of my buddies about this, and it's like you know when you go camping with your buddies, you know how far you can push buttons. You know now you're strangers. You don't know if you could ride them or how you know or if you're gonna push them and like, yeah, it's what a what an experiment. Yeah. 
Yeah. So far, it's going well. They they haven't killed each other, and the elements haven't killed them either. So That's I mean, so perfect. far, it's going well. Yeah. And now back to your subathon. What made you do a subathon? <laughs> so I've never done one before. Um, and one of my, I guess he's a friend. It's so weird calling everyone a friend because it's like I don't really even know this guy's real name. Yeah. But um, another streamer, B Horse, who I first met just by the ridiculous stuff that he would TTS in Aqua's channel. Yeah was like how i first and then he, we watch all the same same streamers so i got to know him yeah so he did one successfully and he's about a similar size so i was like i could probably pull this off and then my wife was going out of town for my birthday she had to go on a work trip yeah so i was like well i'm not gonna sit alone at home on my birthday i was like fuck it we'll do a subathon so and what'd you think um by the so i it was gonna be capped at three days yeah. i made it two days and i was done i was i was okay with it like i was yeah. like let the clock run out please like i'm <laughs> i slept right here yeah like literally i just slept there we had like tts and speakers that they could mess with me we yeah. had goals like uh every like 50 dollars is a spoonful of vegemite yeah i was miserable by the end of it i, I was bet. ready to be done i was done i was like okay let's just let the clock run out yeah you know but well, it was I, fun. I'm probably gonna have to do another one because I'm terrified of how much I'm gonna owe in taxes. So we may be doing another <laughs> subathon here in a bit. Cause... Well, I just I've never heard anybody say anything good about 24 hour streams, and I just like it's you know, terrible. Yeah, it is like um, it's tiring. I don't know if people realize I can game off stream much longer than I can on stream. Like I I could if I was super into a game, I could play 12 hours nonstop, no problem. But when you're on camera lights in your face trying to be on exactly reading a whole bunch like it's it's different you know and then also if you don't have a game to grind it's much tougher because like at that point so that was uh valentine's day this year where i was already kind of over the wipe so i played some tarkov but it was kind of like what the hell am i gonna play you know so we did like weird stuff like three like um what was it fps chess with viewers one night um yeah Ah. Oh, speaking of games, what's uh how was your border patrol thing? You said you played that. What was that like? I saw I think Bazinga was, play that. I didn't enjoy I don't enjoy any of these simulator games, like yeah. honestly. It's um I don't want to say it's boring. It's entertaining, it's funny and silly. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't the three hours I played it was enough. Yeah, I'll say that. It was sufficient. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and now from yeah. a Twitch standpoint, are are you do you have Twitch partner or are you chasing it? No. So I'm an affiliate yeah. um, at the moment. You know, I wanted to be a Twitch partner. Like I did. I was really like, I really wanted it. There's not much besides having the cool check and the bragging rights, like yeah. the check mark and the bragging rights. There's not, it's not worth it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess what you get better bit rate. Yeah. You get, but I think you can squad stream or whatever they call that squad stream. Yeah. But the only, I, so it, isn't it? out of the 80 something people that I've had on the pod, I heard the, the best answer somebody gave for getting that check mark. And it's because they're full-time content creators. The check mark validates them to go after to, it means something to sponsors, people who, Oh, you have the check mark. Okay. Now we'll get you it. But you're right though. Outside of that, it's the same payout as, as everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah, and the other, I guess, advantage is once you get it, you can never lose it. True. Because I can't tell you how many partners I know that are about my size now. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you know what I mean? Like, they got, like, it's almost like flash in the pan, and then I don't know if they lost momentum or... Yeah. One example that comes to mind, they stopped playing Siege, and, and that's what happened. Yeah. 
another example yeah i mean there was that lady who seems really nice i've watched a couple of her streams she got screwed over by that pc company oh, okay do you mean what i'm talking about I think I I, i'm not gonna say i don't yeah. remember her name but anyway overnight she went from like 15 viewers to like 100 yeah got partner like uh, immediately which i also thought was weird because i thought you had to have the numbers for anyway and then now she's down to like 20 some so i mean but you never lose the partner once you get it so right yeah and i guess if you go to twitchcon you get you know sort of better access or whatnot but but no one go no one does any of that stuff right like everyone i talk to you about twitchcons like you'll go in the first day to get your little goodie bag yeah. and then you'll never go back in the convention unless you have like sponsored deals that you have to go do right. otherwise you're never going to go back in yeah like this past TwitchCon, it sounded like all the fun was outside of the convention center yeah yeah that's what i hear i haven't been yet i want to go this year um that's all going to depend i guess on how bad the tax man screws me and yeah <laughs> all that sort of stuff but i want to go this year because i want to meet like decky and aqua and yeah. people and stuff but it honestly seems like the best reason to go is the networking yes. getting to meet people you know establishing relationships and it's in vegas i love vegas i do love vegas now are you a gambler at heart or are you just like the the environment itself so I I actually don't like the environment. I love blackjack and yeah. I love shooting fully automatic weapons. And uh, both okay. of those you can do in Vegas. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. I am a big gun. Uh, I don't want to call it a gun nut. Yeah. Um, but I, I love guns. So yeah. like, uh, I like to play blackjack and um, the shows are nice too. Like when we went one time, we got to see Penn and Teller, which yeah. is cool. Um, Red Rock Canyon's gorgeous. Yes. Bryce so, National I mean, Park's up there too. Yeah. You can go to Battlefield Las Vegas and get picked up in a Humvee and go shoot, you know, a scar and anything. Yeah. I shot a scar, a vector, uh, M249, oh, anything wow. to your heart's content. It's fun. What yeah. was the uh, M249 like? Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried shouldering it. I was like, I got these little twiggy arms. So then I just, <laughs> you know, used the, the bipod. But yeah. recoil wasn't bad because it's so heavy. Yeah. Um, the vector was fun to shoot. The scar was good. The one gun I hated, which I was sad about, was the uh, F2000. Yeah. That gun did not feel good uh -huh. to shoot. Something that's always surprised me is how heavy, like we did, uh, you know, down in New York City, they have the um, over the summer Fleet Week come in. You go down and see the boats and whatnot, and you go on them, and they have, you can hold some of the real guns. A fully kitted M4, that's not light. And then you no. add in all the other stuff that you're, yeah, you're not jumping over anything a whole lot. Which is what I thought was funny when people were bitching about inertia. I was like, have you ever put on a plate carrier with seven full magazines and a fucking kitted out gun? Yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't, I, I have a plate carrier, but there's no plates in it, but yeah. still like, you know, holding, shouldering a, a fully loaded AK yeah. stock, like not fancy. It's still heavy. It's yeah. after like a minute or two of shooting that thing. You're like, my arms are tired. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Yeah absolutely let alone running and diving and like i don't think people realize how heavy these things really are yep. if you haven't shot them yeah, yeah absolutely now is there anything you're on your list that you'd like to shoot that you haven't yet um that's a really good question so i uh, any long a range 90 yeah a p90 i would love to shoot one one day um I, I I was lucky enough a, a couple a few years ago my wife got me for um my thirtieth birthday it's like a six years ago one of my dream guns so I have a Tavor now so semi auto it's a civilian one it's like the civilian model obviously um because I'm not gonna I don't want fully automatic anyway but yeah um I mean it'd be cool to shoot like a fifty cal sniper like a Barrett or something would be cool um I haven't been shooting in years though I'm rusty 
but I used to live at a place that had a 24 seven, 365 shooting club, like gun club that I was a member of. That was only like 200 a year. It was really cheap in the middle of nowhere. Um, so I used to go shooting all the time, but after moving up to where I'm at now, yeah. it's, there's not as many options, yeah. you know? Yeah. My buddy, he has a, he has a suppressor for his M4 and his pistol and you throw a suppressor on a pistol. That, like, like you just, you can't hold that for very long. I've actually never shot suppressed. That's, that's something one day yeah. I've thought about going through the process, but it seems silly to me to buy something and then wait like half a year to a year before I can actually own it. Yeah. So I've just never gone around, but I used to have a concealed carry permit. So I know yeah. I could get a suppressor. It's just one of those things I haven't done yet. Yeah. And the length, when you get that suppressor on, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So now what's when you know, when you're not streaming and in your normal, you know, uh, job what's what do you like to do so most of my hobbies now are video games i mean yeah. so I, i'm married so and we have two dogs so we have a bloodhound and a scottish terrier oh nice so i hang out with them um what are their names watch uh bubba's the bloodhound and um we call him shaggy is the scotty but yeah. his name's shagrath but we call him shaggy um cool. so I, I i play games off stream most of the games that I love, I don't actually stream. So, like, I'll play WoW off stream, yeah. things like that. I, I'm a big foodie, so we like to go eat nice restaurants yeah. and go do, like, tasting menus and stuff. Um, now, do you cook, I too? Do, not very well, but I do cook. <laughs> yeah, so over the pandemic, um, before the pandemic, I worked full-time out of the house at a residential treatment facility. Yeah. And then I left right before. The, like, I remember the first day of the lockdown in Virginia, I started my new job private practice yeah and um since then i've been working to get back up to full-time but my wife does work full-time so i do the cooking yeah um I'm, I'm like a quarter streamer like 30 percent therapist and like a stay-at-home <laughs> husband so nice. i like do cleaning and cooking yep. and take care of the dogs while she's working um which is nice it allows me to do like a daytime stream on friday yep. or edit some videos that's nice and now what's yeah. your go-to meal like what you know if you're going out to a restaurant what is your like oh we're gonna get this tonight i am a sucker for asian food yeah so like korean barbecue i could eat my weight in korean barbecue or sushi yeah um i like a good steak i've fallen in love with duck like a, a good duck breast recently that's yeah. kind of been one of my favorites i've seen but so we um we'll go you know there's like the most random little like places that have tasting menus so, yeah so whenever we can afford it it's, it's expensive but we yeah. do that sort of thing um ah. but yeah sushi i could eat sushi every day yeah anything strange you're like oh my god this is gonna be awful that you ate but you were surprised and how you know it was like wow that was really good um uni uni looked really gross ah. so it's like sea urchin yeah it looks it looks like a weird yellow booger yeah like it looks odd Ew. um it tastes really good it's 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 almost kind of like um you know like bone marrow have you ever had bone marrow no okay you're not very adventurous eater no <laughs> okay i'll well, do so indian almost... i'll do you know curry i'll do stuff like okay, that okay, but, yeah but yeah so it's it, it tastes almost kind of like fish butter okay. like it's very melt in your mouth a little salty yeah. but like really like melt in your mouth kind of stuff which is like bone marrow tastes like cow butter basically okay i mean it just yeah um ah, cool now i did i haven't had authentic 
but there's a place near me that made a poutine. Yeah. I want to have some real poutine now. After having that, I was like, okay, if this is really good, I bet you authentic poutine is oh, amazing. Authentic poutine. And they, they've done, over the years, they've now done, you can get like pork with it, you know, mix it in other that, things. But the that's tr- what they did. It was a, it was like a barbecue place. So they had yeah. like a, um, I think it was a brisket. It yeah. was like brisket on, and chopped up into in poutine. No. Yeah. But get the real cheese curds, gravy, and oh, that's good. Yeah, but like you know, where I'm from in Newfoundland, we have uh, we they they call it chips dressing and gravy. So home, you're you I think down here some people call it the stuffing inside of a chicken or a turkey. Yeah, we call it dressing, yeah. and it's a moist dressing. So you get the French fries, you put the dressing on top of that, and then gravy on top of that, and it's just like oh, it's not good That's for you, good. but it's no, it's, but... it's really good. Though. Yes, yeah, <laughs> moderation though, right? Absolutely. Moderation matters. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, you survived the podcast. What? I did. You it was did, enjoyable. yeah. But before I go, you you've got to call out somebody in your circle that you think has a good story. So, I mean, I did say Decky earlier. Yeah. So Decky has a great story. If you want someone that's a little like, not a little small, but a smaller. Yeah. Um, kill him, kill him softly. Okay. Is a streamer that I have known. God, we've been subbed to each other for I think like twenty seven months oh, now. Wow. Um, I, I met him in Siege. He's lived a very interesting life in the sense of, um, I think he was a DJ. He yeah. worked in like the film industry for a while. Oh, cool. Really nice guy. So yeah, I would say kill him softly or I would say Decky. Well, Decky will make you fall over laughing. I mean, he's he's a ridiculous human. Yeah. So he would be a good one. All right. Both of them sound good, man. All right. Awesome. Well, right. thank you so much for doing this. And anything you want Absolutely. to shout out? Anything coming up people should check out? Um, well, I can be found on, so it's always Don Tony underscore lamb, whether it's Twitter, Twitch, or YouTube. Um, I may be doing a subathon soon. So keep looking out on Twitter because the, the tax man's going to screw me hard. So I'm sure <laughs> I'm going to need some money. So I'll probably be doing a subathon soon. Um, but that's all I got going on. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the subathon, well, I, you shaved half your beard off. I did. Was that painful I to did. do? Like, oh God, I'm going to regret this. So or... I shave my beard every year because I want to remember what my face looks like. Yeah. So like, like no matter how big the beard gets, yeah. I shave it once a year. Oh, okay. And I'm hairy like animals, so it grows back really fast. Like this is honestly like, after like a week, I already had full coverage. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's growing really quick. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. In a year, my beard will get down to here Holy in crap. like a year, and then I'll shave it off again. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, thank you again so much. It's been awesome meeting thank you. Thank you. Awesome meeting you too as well. And I appreciate being here.